Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome into it. You survived the week. It's not been a good week, but hey, we're to Friday. Thanks for spending time on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and his Magnum P.I.-esque mustache is filling in. We have got clouds in Lincoln. I am fearful that Gertie is treating her kennel like the Big Ten and trying to break out. I'll come home to new carpet that just got finished up, and we'll need to buy new carpet again. Uh, We'll dive into some thoughts. Uh, We will get some legal expertise if these schools in the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12 push forward and play ball, and there is long-term missteps and mishaps due to COVID, how many lawyers and attorneys are in line to sue? We will talk to a legal analyst, an expert, a brilliant legal mind, friend of the show, Vince Powers, coming up here at 525. Get his take from the legal side of things, what college football may be facing if they do, in fact, play during the pandemic. Bill Dolman is in one hour. Bill has got a week's worth of Husker frustration to unleash. And he will do so in one hour. Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey, he's got a good podcast out. The Varsity Club, that drops every Friday on HaleVarsity.com. He went roundtable with all the Hale Varsity folks. We will talk to him about this week and Nebraska football moving forward. You can join us, 466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Email us, chris at HaleVarsity.com and can follow us, do so on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Elijah, you uh, fought through the week with us, brother. What's new? How are you? Yeah, pretty garbage week, as you said. But, I mean, it's 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 fun to talk about, I guess, football, I guess, even though it's it's going away. It was nice to have a week of, of news and stuff to talk about. We had, so. we had news. It was just not good news. Not good not, news. Not fun news. It was different than last week with the – schedule unveil yeah, you but know? we made it to friday it's reason to celebrate classes start monday for unl so i got one more weekend left of the summer i guess you do and, and you'll be starting online and then you'll you'll jump into the uh the foray yeah and only one of my classes is in person this semester anyway. what are you taking uh the one i'm taking in person is uh an advertising public relations campaign oh, cool. class we're right. just making a campaign throughout the semester and then everything else is online All so right. well just make sure you mask up and don't bring anything home know what i mean well, I'm not going to take anything to the studio for sure. I mean, I, I couldn't do that I'm, to you. I'm just, just piling on you. Relax. <laughs> relax. So let's get into We'll get some thoughts from, from Bill Moose. He was on the network last night, some commentary from Bill Moose. And a couple of good stories. Sam McEwen's got a really good column out. Uh, just as he painted the picture, the, the neighborhood of the Big Ten. And there were very few neighbors to come out in support of Nebraska this week. Very few programs that when push came to shove were as vocal uh, or as had as much conviction as Nebraska and Scott Frost with with wanting to play football this fall. 
uh, Andy Staples does a great job with the athletic. And, uh, you know, he was answering his mailbag and a lot of questions here. As much as much heat as, as Frost in Nebraska took nationally, I think it was that much the other way in support. And uh, there were a lot of Nebraskans, and they should be, and I'm, I'm with them, that were proud of, of the way Nebraska handled things this week. When push comes to shove, are you going to duck or are you going to stand? And Nebraska stood up, and that's what I'm going to take with me this week. When push came to shove, Nebraska stood tall and had science and data and medical folks from UNMC on their side. They aren't being reckless, wanting to push forward. There's also a monster economic string attached to this. But that's part of the responsibility they they take. They welcome. They know that they are a major engine for this state, for this city. And they don't take that responsibility lightly. That They're fighting for the kids that have put the work into play ball and pick a fall sport. But they're also fighting for those folks who have had a, a mom and pop restaurant or they rely on seven football Saturdays. They're, they're there for the rail yard folks. They're there for the folks downtown. They're there for the folks in the hay market. They're there for the hotel. I mean, we talked to Jeff Mall this week. So we will, we will get into some of Moose's comments. Part of the, the thing that I'm, I'm adding up here, and it's not just obvious anymore from from the bad interview with the Big Ten Network on Tuesday. But I, I just kind of have eyed things this week. And you've had talking heads come to the defense and go after Nebraska in a way to try and shield the conference. Okay, they, they have Commissioner Warren. And they have gone after Nebraska. You know who they are. They're Wilbon, they're Desmond Howard, they're Pat Forty. And that's their prerogative, man. If they have a take and they believe in their heart that Nebraska's out of bounds here, then they have every right to say that. But they haven't looked at the whole picture, quite honestly. And and I think, quite honestly, as powerful and as big as the Big Ten is, you have got a number of media outlets that are connected to the Big Ten. So they're going to try and do their partner a solid. And when they see their commissioner absolutely just step on himself in an interview opportunity as to why you pulled the plug six days after you put a schedule out, they came to his defense. I think if push came to shove, if you could go off the record with a lot of ADs, in the Big Ten, and a lot of coaches, if you could sit down and have a beer with them, they would tell you that they got a jackass leading the conference. They went from, and I don't mean he's a gangster, but you went from a gangster uh, in, in, in Jim Delaney. And I mean that in a, he's a, he's a proven, hard-ass, right-minded, get-it-done, let's-print-money guy. He, he, he's a rock star. He made the Big Ten what it is, despite holding on with, with, with white knuckles to the Rose Bowl in a non-playoff. He was like the last league that wanted to get into the playoff because the Rose Bowl was so important. Why? Because of the financial aspect of it. But he eventually evolved. And he's respected. And he had communication. He talked. He talked to the SEC. He talked to the other conferences. Well, let's go back. Let's rewind a little bit here, Elijah. 
I mean, you have at the time I kind of rolled my eyes at it, but you had a lot of the, the, the power five conferences bitching and moaning that the big 10 came out first to say, let's go to a, a 10 game league conference schedule. Well, there was a conference call between the, the power five commissioners and there was no heads up or hint given at the time. The big 10 was thinking of a league only schedule. Everyone followed suit because, you know what, so he didn't give us a heads up. It's not a bad idea. Let's go do it. Okay. But there's been, this is a, a ongoing theme with communication. And I don't know that you've got a commissioner that does it. Clearly can't do an interview on TV. Maybe next one will be better. Maybe, maybe the next time he's on a sit down, maybe it's Good Morning America. Maybe it's Fox. Maybe it's ESPN. Maybe it's something beyond print. Maybe his next interview is awesome. I hope it is for the league. Because right now there's some serious doubt. And this isn't spilled milk or sour grapes from a guy who's working in Nebraska. This is flat out observation of a guy that I don't know if he's got a plan. Clearly doesn't have a plan for spring football as we speak. Because he's got two league coaches working on it. And they've already put one out. And you've got Ryan Day saying, we've heard nothing from the league. Scott Frost heard nothing until after the fact. They're practicing. Then, oh, but no, no, no contact. Hold on a minute. There's, there's more medical data. Yeah, it's the same data that's been out for two weeks about the Indiana player. Bless his heart. And I mean, I'm not being, I'm not being a smart aleck here that has the heart issue. All right, from COVID. But that was out. And then you, then you, you, you react to it over the weekend right before you're supposed to to kind of gear up and go to pads after you put the schedule out i mean you're a day late and a dollar short this whole time the league coaches and ad's i would not be surprised if they are very much so questioning this guy as their leader doesn't communicate doesn't have a plan is he really serious about playing in the spring and if you got to ask that question you got to wonder and you got to wonder why Nebraska and Ohio State pushed back so hard. It wasn't just that maybe they didn't like the answer they got. Maybe they doubt that this guy's got anything ready to go for the spring. Or they doubt he's going to try and push through for a spring. And if it comes down to liability and lawsuits and, and truly health issues, and in two weeks if everyone's pulling the plug because there was one kick-ass party after another on an SEC campus the first weekend of school and the whole place is COVID rabid. You're right, Kevin Warren. You were the smartest guy in the room and you were the first to be the smartest guy in the room in a, in a, in a, in a group of folks in a room that think they're all pretty damn smart with conference commissioners. But that's what this is about, being the first and looking the smartest. And what's his intention for the spring? Put some work on paper and distribute it to your coaches maybe he has it in the works but you've had five months to have a addendum to no fall football and the minute you sat down with dave rebson on tuesday and said dude we're pulling the plug and we're pulling it early instead of delaying you're postponing have a a graphic ready to say here's what we're going to do in the spring throw it out there right there have it ready 
He's had nothing ready. And it's been uncertain. You can't predict you're hopping from one foot to the next because Iowa and Nebraska are, are different than Ohio and Illinois. And New Jersey, certainly, when it comes to COVID cases and numbers. I get it. There is no playbook for pandemic 2020. Yes, I'm flipping you off, pandemic. But this guy, there is real lack of confidence by a lot of folks. That's my read of these tea leaves. And he's done nothing to soothe their fears or concerns this week beyond just saying, look, we're going to spring. Okay, how are, how are we going to, we know where we're going, but how are we getting there? We hitchhiking? We taking a bus? Are we flying? Is there a train? What are we doing? That to me, if I'm doing some math on this, that's, that's as much as Nebraska and Ohio State and even a little bit of Penn State's outcry. To me, that's as much of it as the fact that they got told no for the fall. Nebraska's been gearing up to prove that, look, we're a better football team, and you've got Penn State and Ohio State that could have very special seasons. I mean, my big problem is you've had six months to work on this, and we've been talking for the past six months with a multitude of people who have all said it's going to be difficult, if not impossible, to do college football in the spring. If you're the Big Ten, you would think that you've been working on a plan if you've had this in the back of your mind that hey maybe we are still going to go to the spring how have you not at least worked out a plan had something on the table ready to go for the event that you do go to the spring instead it's what it's ryan day and and and, and coach brahm trying to do this now they're, they're the ones putting it down and it's the same thing that happened when you moved to the 10 game schedule if you move into a 10 game schedule how do you use to take you three four weeks to get that schedule even out I don't get I don't it. Bill, it just... Moose, Bill Moose was a part of it. We have, let's squeeze in some of Moose right now, and uh, we'll go to cut three. And Bill Moose on the network last night, and the topic of Nebraska looking outside the Big Ten. Why are you doing that? Yeah, you want to play ball, but do you have any faith of being spring being a reality? Okay, you can't play in the fall because uh, we're going to play in the spring. We're not canceling. We're postponing, and if uh, we're, we're just postponing, then you still got to – Got to play for us in the spring. Here's the moose. Our positioning here in in Lincoln, Nebraska, is different than our our peers in the Big Ten, uh, with the possible exception of Iowa. We're in a safe, clean environment. We have done everything to a T in regards to testing protocols. We could write the book on how to get a football team, volleyball team, soccer team ready for competition in the midst of a, of a worldwide pandemic. We felt that uh, if indeed the season was canceled that uh, we needed to be prepared uh, to look at some options and some alternatives to uh, hopefully play six, seven, eight, nine, maybe 10 games with opponents outside of the Big Ten. More from Moose and this to the specific point, cancel versus postpone. We were looking at that, hoping and uh, planning to play that uh, reduced 10-game schedule that was put out by the Big Ten that I had a lot to do with, uh, but wanted some options in the event we couldn't. As you know and our fans know, uh, that that was not permissible. Primarily, I feel, because the season really wasn't canceled, it was postponed. That means that hopefully we're going to play in the spring or sometime uh, after the first of the calendar year. That would have made it difficult to still play uh, a series of non-conference games in the fall and then come back and play a conference season 
uh, in the spring. At least that's how the conference felt. It wasn't how Scott and I felt. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we are proud members of the Big Ten. It's a prestigious conference, and we will be in compliance. But we thought all the way until actually yesterday that we might have a chance to do that. You know, Nebraska's got to kind of look out for Nebraska on this. They did until they were finally told emphatically no. So maybe that is enough evidence for some that, yeah, they'll they'll be spring football. But if you're Moose and Frost, you'd be like, well, what's this guy going to do to make sure that happens within this pandemic? Derek Peterson's on the way. Hale Varsity continues. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for hanging out on a Friday. Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome in the good doctor. Derek Peterson with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Check his podcast out, The Varsity Club. That drops every Friday, HaleVarsity.com, Spotify, iTunes. We are going to somehow uh, commandeer the info to get on Spotify, Elijah, because right now we're just on Apple iTunes. I said I'd get that done by the end of the summer, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So summer's, I got two summer's, days? Summer's done. <laughs> Dr. Petey, good uh, afternoon. How are you, man? I am, uh, I'm still trying to recover from, from the, the first eight-goal thrashing in Champions League history, man. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm I'm not as as heartbroken there with the eight goal thrashing. <laughs> I'm still pissed about the week of football. To be honest with you, I mean, so hey, hey we're talking about we're both talking about football, so uh huh. I know, and you have shifted your frustration <laughs> over to, uh, uh, to to soccer. That's that's fine, but you know, I guess nothing should surprise us in 2020. And I wanted your kind of summation of of the week and monday we're, we're both on the zoom meeting and and tuesday you know dean warmer drops the big one commissioner warren and this first segment elijah and i were talking and i'm like you know what when push comes to shove i i don't think a lot of the the schools liked commissioner warren's answer but i think there's probably there's got to be a little bit of a trust issue based on communication. It doesn't sound like there's been a lot of communication from the commissioner's office to the uh, to the coaches uh, when it comes to, you know, what's the plan of action? You got Ryan Day saying, look, man, we've heard nothing from the league. Meanwhile, Brom and Day are trying to put forth spring football plans. Let's Let's do it on our own instead of waiting around for them. Do you even think there's – there's plans in the works aside from the word saying, yeah, we're going to play in the spring. Do you think how far has the big 10 gotten with that plan? I don't know. That's the, that's like the seminal question right now. Like you listen to um, Wisconsin AD Barry Alvarez say, yeah, we didn't really start talking about what a spring thing would look like until a couple weeks ago. And then you hear um, Indiana head coach Tom Allen say, Oh, we haven't talked much about this, but or about this, but uh, it's interesting now that I I start to look more at it, and then you see Jeff Brom come out with what was really a a thoughtful mm-hmm. um, and elaborate. It was a seven page um, document that he had created that was a proposal for spring football, and and you know you can look at that and say, hey, this is this is cool. Like, look at what the Big Ten has at its disposal in its coaching ranks. But you could also look at it. Um, as a pessimist and say this this might be like both in what Brom did and then what 
what Ryan Day kind of sort of uh, veered into. Mm. This might be them just saying, like, hey, we're going to have this conversation now because if we don't do this stuff, then you're going to be sitting on your hands and we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be moving forward for, for months, right? Because what it seems like now, and I think why everybody's been so upset with the Big Ten, is not because football was postponed or canceled or whatever you want to call it. I think everybody could kind of read the tea leaves there. Well, I think the reason most rational people are upset is because it just looks like the Big Ten hasn't done anything for months. It looks like they just kind of buried their head in the sand and said, well, this will probably go away if we just wait it out. And I think now, worst case scenario is we get to January or February and there's still no like actionable plan from the Big Ten on how you can move forward with the spring season. The Big Ten's 14 schools have have sat and waited and, and did what the Big Ten asked, and suddenly you can't have a spring season. And then you go an entire year without revenue. And that's, that's a doomsday scenario. And, I, and so I think, you know, these coaches want to know, and players want to know. They, they want to know, like, what do we have to do and what kind of goals can we have in place that we have to hit so that we can play football in January or in February or, or March or whenever it may be. Like, I think, you know, I think everybody just wants to kind of create a plan if there's not one there and, and fast track that, or at the very least have the discussion now instead of continuing to wait and hope that things get better. Derek, Kevin Warren was kind of put into a tough place, new on the job, and then boom, COVID hits. So what's the feel around the conference? I mean, I know a lot of Husker fans are unhappy with the way he has dealt with this whole pandemic, but are, are the other schools feeling the same way? Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, like, I don't, I, you know, we can't really know unless we were on those, those Big Ten um, AD meetings or, or some of the meetings that, that Commissioner Warren was in on. We can't really know what conversations they're having behind closed doors. Um, so, you know, maybe they have been communicating behind closed doors all along. And maybe it's just, if that's the case, I don't know why um, they, they would seem so uh, disorganized right now. Like the, the public perception of the Big Ten right now is that it's, it's, there, there's not much leadership. It's disorganized. It doesn't really know what it's doing. It's just kind of floundering, you know, from, a, from the outside perspective. Like it just looks like people are looking for leadership. People are looking for that central figure that's going to say, this is what we need to do. Here's the plan in place. This is what we're going to try to push forward and do. And so far, I mean, yes, this is Commissioner Warren's first year. Um, yes, you don't want to have to deal with a, a pandemic, the likes of which we haven't really ever seen in your first year. Like, it, it's a tough situation to be dropped into. But, you know, if you just compare apples to oranges, like look at what the Pac-12 did. They had bare minimum. Like, they had a, a, a document that they released when they decided to cancel or postpone, whatever you want to call it. It was like, this is what our medical professionals are telling us. This is what the experts are saying. Here's it written out. And the Big Ten didn't have anything like that. And then Commissioner Warren goes on BTN and he really kind of dodges and evades a lot of questions that he needed to have answers for. Um, I, I think it, it just, you know, from the outside, it just looks like the Big Ten is just kind of floundering right now. And that's, that's, that's a real problem for a league that has prided itself on being kind of above everybody else well and they still think they're above about everybody else but they clearly now are trying to set the tone uh from a health and safety standpoint but you know do they even have a plan for spring 
uh, or are they just going to continue to wait this thing out based on the advice of others out there, uh, doctors and attorneys, uh, with the, the liability side of things. Derek Peterson's with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, at DrPDHV on Twitter. Derek, you're a, you're a Big 12 guy. Uh, you're an you're a OU grad. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of talk about Nebraska and the Big 12. And, and Nebraska was, was never trying to go date the Big 12 again. It was more so, let's play football if, if we can. And since things were postponed versus canceled, that's a no-no. And you got to stay in the league and keep collecting that check. So Nebraska was, was pretty much stuck to just fall in line. What's the Big 12? Yep. What, what, are your, what are your bros in OU think in Nebraska? Are there hard feelings after the departure? And I know it's a decade later, but the, the Big 12 in Nebraska romance came back up again multiple times this week. How, what's the feeling about Nebraska based on people you know back home uh, around the sports scene with Nebraska? Yeah, there's no hard feelings. Um, I think it was Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports um, spoke to a, a Big 12 official, and that person said Nebraska would be welcomed back with open arms and, and asked, like, well, they left the conference, and that person responded with, so? <laughs> I mean, he used a little bit more colorful language that I can't say on the radio, but that, that was the, the sentiment. And, yeah, and who who, like, gives, I mean, a, who gives an S, I think, is the quote. <laughs> yeah, 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 you are correct. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think there's longing for Nebraska, um, just just longing for what was because Nebraska was um, such a key part of that league for so long. And I don't know, like they're they're not going to leave the Big Ten. No, I know, I know. For reasons they, beyond they should like leaving the they, Big they Ten shouldn't. would be a, a massive step back yeah. from a university standpoint. But you can make the case that football for Nebraska just meshes a little bit cleaner with the Big 12 than it does with the Big 10. Um, it certainly did 10 years ago when they made the move, and that's why football was was really hesitant to make that move. Um, Oklahoma would, would obviously welcome Nebraska back. That's why they're playing um, next year and, and then the following year, and they've got a, another home-and-home home series uh, a little bit down the pipeline. But, you know, I think, I think Nebraska would um, – yeah, I think other teams would be, would be happy to have Nebraska back. It's just a close uh, – a close – venue that that your fans could drive to you could sell nostalgia um it would be uh it would it would make sense um on paper for the big 12 to add nebraska it would not make sense for nebraska to leave the big 10 for the big 12 financially no i mean it's such a i mean the research dollars and the grants and and all of that the academic side of things i mean it's a river of money it's a river of money for football It is what it is. So give us a little preview uh, for the, the podcast when folks jump on the treadmill or go for a walk and want to hear some football thoughts. Uh, what, what can folks hear on the latest episode of the Varsity Club? Got about two minutes. We just talked a little bit, we just talked a little bit about, um, you know, kind of where we were at 48 hours. We recorded it Thursday morning, just kind of where everybody was at um, 48 hours after the fact. And, it, you know, talked about <clears throat> Nebraska getting hammered by national media and, how, yeah, the Huskers brought some of it on themselves, but it, it did kind of seem like piling on. It did seem weird um, for Nebraska to become the target of, of so much scrutiny for, for really what was something that was pretty insignificant. Um, it was one of those things, you know, we talked about the viability of, of a spring season too, and, and I'm, not, I'm not sold that we'll be able to play spring football. Right. Um, I don't think that'll be a thing. But 
<laughs> Sorry, my wife is next to me. She keeps trying to hand me stuff. There's this like thinking that if somebody's on the phone and you hand them something, they will take anything that you hand them. She's just handing me random things. I'm sorry, well, I lost what, my train of thought. No, that's fine. Uh, I want to hear about the rant. What is she, like? Is it is it like a note? Is it a love note? You're newlyweds. I mean, what 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 is she handing yeah. to you? Uh, I, I just got handed uh, the dog's penguin toy. Ah. I'm being handed now the dog. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. No. So. No, that Absolutely. works. So, real quick, <laughs> OKC, talk to me, man. Postseason, you got to be thrilled. Oh, I'm very excited. Well, see, we were down 20 to the Miami Heat, mm. and a loss would have would have taken us out of the four five matchup. It would have taken us out of the Lakers side of the bracket, and 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 for some reason, we decided to come back in that game. And Mike Muscala hit the three at the buzzer to win the game. So now we get locked into the four five matchup, and we have to play Houston in the first round. And if we would were to win that series, we'd have to play the Lakers in the second round. I have told Greg time and time again, we're going to beat the Lakers in the playoffs, and he needs to be prepared for it. I am not looking forward to having to play Russell Westbrook in the first round of the playoffs. That is terrible. No, Russ and James could just absolutely make it a little more difficult for you. There'll, there'll be things broken, uh, and, and I feel for you. Uh, but all the, the emotions. The Blazers might knock the Lakers out of the playoffs before you even get there. So I think we're all kind of oh, we're all kind wow. of Blazers fans in the name of, of pimping Greg around for at least yeah. part of the part of the fall. Derek, have a good weekend. We'll talk next week. Thanks for a few minutes. That was good. Always appreciate it. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. 25 minutes away, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman on the week that's been with Nebraska football and the national headlines and the prospects of spring. Do you think we actually get a spring I mean, do you think the Big Ten will put a plan together, or do you think the commissioner's office will just adapt whichever one they like better, Brom or Day's plan? Nebraska will have some input, I'm sure, and that'll be a project you can work on during the fall to uh, to put the, the best spring plan forward. Dude, if I'm betting money, and I hate saying this, I, I, don't, I don't think the, the office will have their poop in a group to have a, a spring plan of their own. They're going to rely on one of the coaches' plans to move forward with it. And I, I think the best you're going to get in spring football is some glorified scrimmages, basically. That's what it's going to be. The best players are all going to opt out. they got the NFL draft coming up in April. The season's not even going to even end Even if you sneak April. in like January 10th or whatever like Ryan Day wants. I mean, Ohio State's got 25 to, to 30 guys on their roster that are NFL prospects, not to mention the, the obvious same with um, with Penn State. I mean, it's 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 going to be a shell of itself. And if you're Clemson, I mean, you better pray that you get a season in here in the fall. I uh, two weeks from now, Barney was talking about it yesterday. Two weeks from now, that's D Day when when everyone's back on campus. And Donardo earlier this week as well. We've had a lot of good chats this week, so. Please check out the ESPN uh, Lincoln.com on demand section. Donato thinks this thing's going to get shut down in a, in a, in a matter of time. Uh, the pressure will be too great on the, the, the other presidents around college football. Coach Barnett, his main takeaway is like, look, you just, you just had not, not a tremor, but an earthquake with what happened with the Big Ten this week. 
in how how some of your who's who college football programs and coaches reacted. Never would have happened under Delaney. Uh, and the unified voice thing was unified for 25 years because Delaney had good communication. Either they feared the guy and did what he said, and it all worked out because he got everybody paid, or they just... He had earned their trust. And, and Warren's, Warren's a little bit worse off than a substitute teacher because you're the sub, you're rolling in, and, I mean, it's, it's hazing time. Let's test them or her, right? Uh, so that's, that's probably going to happen because he's not Jim Delaney, but, but he's just botched this. And there's no easy – to be new in this climate isn't, isn't easy. But you need to be a little more prepared, or at least look more prepared than, than you are. So, uh, one more thought from Moose here, uh, and I want to go with with his reaction to to, to Coach Frost. And, and Moose made the point, and we kind of laid out the timeline earlier in the week, specifically Wednesday, with not just what Coach Frost said, but when he said it. It wasn't an after-the-fact armchair quarterback situation where he's criticizing the commissioner. His take was Monday. Commissioner pulled the plug Tuesday. It was pinata time Wednesday for Nebraska. I thought it was outstanding. Scott Frost is uh, not only very articulate, he's very smart. He's passionate. He's caring. He isn't just saying these things to be talking. He he means this, and we need to remember, and our fans need to remember, that he made those comments before any decision was made uh, on this season and such. He, he voiced what he felt. Uh, I thought he was uh, very um, appropriate and respectful to the Big Ten, as we all are. But let me tell you, Scott Frost will have a great record as the head football coach of the University of Nebraska. But how he has handled this and and what his priorities have been is what he's all about. I watched him and listened to that. Never have I ever been in doubt that he's the right guy to be leading this football program. And and I hope everybody understands how fortunate we are to have him. Dan uh, tweets in, you're welcome to, to send us some thoughts at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. But Dan checks in the argument for staying in the Big Ten always comes down to money. Our TV contract comes up soon. You trust this clown with no backbone getting us anywhere near the same cash? This is a political take from Dan, not my words. He'll stutter like Biden in his basement. How about when Dish and DirecTV threatens to cancel BTN again? Clearly, Dan's a, a worried Dish or DirecTV customer. This is not a paid endorsement, but go with Roku, my friend. There are different options that way. Cut the cable. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Uh, consider all options is all I'm going to suggest. But yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I mean, he better have, and, and he does have smart TV dudes in place to do all that, but your uh, your backup was, well, if you don't like this, I'm going to call Delaney, <laughs> and he's going to make an offer you can't refuse. They're going to laugh. I'm going to call Commissioner Warren. Really? You promise? You can bring him into these negotiations? So, uh, last thought here from Bill Moose last night. Again, he was on the network. Uh, and it was good to hear from Bill Moose. This was after, it's a blur, 
Thursday morning, right? Thursday morning, you had uh, Green and, and, and Teddy release the, the statement, hey, we're all good with the Big Ten. Uh, but this is, this is Bill Moose, again, clarifying that this was never about wanting to leave or dump the Big Ten. Again, it was about, listen, are we going to play football or not? I don't know that we're going to spring any better. What, what's possible? Let's, let's explore all, all options if we're Nebraska. No, I don't think so. I know in some uh, sports talk shows and such, uh, they, there was some uh, anger and feelings that uh, you don't like the Big Ten, get out. That isn't what this was all about. Uh, we like the Big Ten. We're going to compete in the Big Ten and we're going to be successful in the Big Ten. That was a decision that was made 10 years ago and the decision stands. Our future plans are to compete and to be successful in all of our sport programs in this good conference. So Kevin Suits tweets in uh, to give a heads up. There is going to be no student section for LPS sporting events this fall. That sucks. Immediate family members only, similar to the state tournament. That's no good, man. Crowd's awesome. I get it, though. I'm not criticizing the decision. I'm just saying that's too bad. Too bad with that. I I will say, back when I was in high school, we started Night Vision Broadcasting Club at Southeast, and that is now extended across the city. So all the games are streamed live online now. They'll also be on ESPN and KFOR. I'm just plugging the high schools here first, but yeah, also ESPN Mm -hmm. and KFOR. It's good for us. Yeah. I mean, you're you're next week, I think, already, correct? That's first yeah. game? Yeah. Wow, man, that, that came quick. Hastings, baby. Hastings coming <laughs> to town against North Star. Should be fun. Fun when to open the season because it's Class B versus Class A. You never you never know what can go on there. So I, I am wondering if, if there's uh, – if he's made the Hall of Fame yet, uh, the Ben Bolte induction to the Hastings Hall of Fame. He's a, he's a legendary three-point shooter. I say not known to me, though. Well – just ask him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never met a three he don't like. Sounds like uh, Will Wilson from the morning show. Yeah. Oh, ever play basketball with him? Dude, I, I taught Will Wilson. I was a student teacher. Kids money from the corner. That's what he says. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Wanted down this first hour, weekend edition, back at it tomorrow morning, 7 to 9. Myself, Mark Cranach, you in or is it Damon Barr? Oh, yeah, I'm in. Good, good, good. It's been a busy week, plenty to recap, lots of uh, thoughts, and a reminder about moving. West Blue Realty is where you turn to for 2020 moving, and they can help find that specialized home you want in the Lincoln or surrounding community. Uh, when it comes to moving, you mention Hale Varsity and West Blue Realty can give you up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby can make it happen for you at 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider also there to help at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. They're at 1120 K Street, Suite 200, westbluerealty.com is where you go. If you have agricultural land you're looking to move, they can handle that. They have experience selling ag land. They've got an auctioneer. They can handle live auctions, sealed bids, general land listings, and they sold land in Lancaster, Odo, Seward counties. They can help you move a large radius. WestBlueRealty.com. Go see them today if you're looking to move. 
So uh, NBA is on people's minds as the playoffs uh, start to to get rolling here. Baseball's been somewhat interesting and intriguing. I, I can't wait for football. We'll see if moving forward what the NFL does with the Saturday schedule. You've got two conferences that are tapped out. So does Fox turn to the NFL with some Saturday scheduling or as long as you've got three other leagues playing, do they do they leave it alone? I mean, the NFL's already got Sunday, Monday, Thursday. But I'd be all good for a triple header of football on Saturday. Ah, that I mean, the, the rumor I heard... Uh, was via Twitter was that ESPN their plan if college football were to fall through is that they'd have a uh, Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler booth mm. for NFL games on Saturdays done give it to give me. me that that'll be fun give I'd, that to me I'd love that and honestly at the moment we're looking like that's probably what's going to happen I don't see a situation where with already a couple conferences out the SEC and the Big 12 can finish their season yeah it's uh, it's interesting uh, int- I do want to know what happens legally if teams just forge forward and uh vince powers vince powers law lends uh, vince a phenomenally respected lawyer longtime attorney here in the capital city we'll get vince's take on things uh specifically wrongful death personal injury and that negligence side of things that you know looms out there and you've heard People talk about it. People scoff at this, well, we're worried about health and safety. You're worried about the amateurism tag. You've been able to slap on college players while you collect billions of dollars as they play, first of all. Secondly, you're, you're CYA, brother. You don't want to get sued. You don't want to be held liable. That's what this is. Maybe you're concerned about health and safety. I believe Nebraska is concerned about health and safety because their athletes have said so on their platforms about how they've been taken care of. This is a liability thing more so than a health and safety thing. That's that's where I side. I mean, that, that's why college campuses aren't closing. It's 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 a part of it. Now, the Pac-12, as much as you want to like throw things at them, they at least aren't having on-campus classes hour two's on the way welcome to hail varsity radio the voice of husker nation insight opinion expertise with the biggest and best names talking nebraska across the state join the show on twitter at hail varsity and at schmitz underscore radio call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865 here's chris schmitz Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity. It's presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, hour number two. Vince Powers of Powers Law going to join us. We'll get his take legally here. What some that forge forward and play college football could be in for from a lawsuit standpoint. We uh, head off to the land of Denver. And we welcome in the pride of Fairbury. With NBC Sports, longtime part of Nebraska football, Bill Dolman is with us. You follow Bill on Twitter at Bill Dolman. And when Bill's not thinking Nebraska football, he is shooting commercials with blondes uh, about mattresses. Billy D., are you making it through the week? (laughs) 
Yeah, surviving out here in uh, in uh, in Colorado, where nobody really cares whether or not there's a college football season or not. Uh, I think they seem to be satisfied that every now and then they hear a trickle of information about the Broncos making some change with their defensive linemen. But even even for the most part, you really don't hear a lot about uh, the Broncos out here. The only the only, the only uh, team in the country college or pro making any news over the last uh, few days it seems to me to have been nebraska they did, certainly did. nobody out here i don't think they could cancel the pac-12 season annually and i'm not sure anybody out here would a care be notice brother you just got to know how much of a dosage is in the edible that's all i'm gonna say to the folks that, that live out and around you <laughs> when it comes to knowing what's going on so, Billy D, you're a you're a proud Nebraskan. What what is Nebraska's reputation after this week? To give me give me world view and give me your view. Well, I'll say this: I think I'm an even prouder Nebraskan, if that's possible, uh, than I was a week ago. Uh, I thought what Scott Frost did, uh, speaking, I believe. Uh, for the university, not just his football team. Uh, I thought Scott did a fantastic job. And, you know, it's, it's hard to say that he's earning his money uh, when he's not coaching. Um, but for him to be out there, to put himself out there the way that he did, when other coaches around the country aren't. Um, and, and, and the thing that I think is lost when I hear, you know, Desmond Howard and, the, and you know, the, the talking heads at ESPN um, you know, Pat Forty read his article. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Paul Feinbaum. You, you know, I, I, you just want to see. They just don't get it. The thing that, as I'm listening to Scott, the thing that struck me is he's not just speaking for his football team. He's not speaking for his football program. He's not just speaking for the athletic department. He's not just speaking for the university. Scott was speaking for a collective Nebraska community and culture. Football is incredibly important to us. There's no doubt about that. When you hear Ryan Day speak, when you hear James Franklin whisper, and I like James Franklin a lot at Penn State. I think he's a terrific guy. I've had a chance to meet him in the past. But those guys are kind of talking about their programs and their teams and wanting to play and all that. Coach Orgeron has also talked about the importance of college football, but he's on top of the college football world right now. Scott Frost was speaking for a community and culture of Nebraskans, what football means to Nebraskans, what Nebraska means to football. And, and I thought what he said was to the point, was simple, was elegant, was, uh, was right on. And you just want to go, you other people – you just don't get it. Fifty years later, since Devaney rode in on a horse from Wyoming, they still don't get it. And I was really proud because, I, again, I thought Scott was representing us, not just his football team. And, for, you know, I've talked about how, how much I appreciate Bill Moose mm-hmm. uh, because I think that, you know, his, his leadership at – at Oregon and Washington State and around the, you know, the college athletics community over the last decades, you know, I think he's got some gravitas, certainly more so than Nebraska had in the, uh, with the last occupant of that chair. 
And I think he and Scott clearly are on the same page. I think Nebraska's got good administration within the, with the university and with the Board of Regents and all that. Um, but I thought Bill Moose, <laughs> like a bull moose, you know, sat down at the table and said, we're Nebraska, here's what we think, and, and we're important. And Nebraska right now, to me, is the only one carrying theirs in a wheelbarrow right now in college football, if you know what I mean. And I was incredibly impressed and, and, and proud of Nebraska uh, over the last week. You know, and, and you and I texted. Just you one wheelbarrow? <laughs> well, you knew, you, you knew that they were going to have to probably back down. Eventually. But the most relevant team in college football over the last week was Nebraska. Bill, I mean, and, and there were those applauding Nebraska, and we'll have thoughts from Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer's come out saying, "Dude, that's what what you got to do as a coach. You got to speak well, let up." Me say, let, me, let me ask you this: huh? What have you heard from Tom Herman? What have you heard from Jimbo Fisher? What have you heard from uh, even Dabo Sweeney for the past month or so? It's Trevor Lawrence is the mouthpiece at Clemson right now. You've heard have nothing you heard because they're still playing. You've heard nothing, but I don't know that you'd hear anything uh, if if the shoe was on the other foot. Is my okay? Point. Have you heard anything from a Pac-12 coach, Chris Tobal at Oregon? Have you heard anything from uh, from UCLA, from no. from Stanford, from from USC, from the or- you know? I, I know Herm Edwards. I think did one interview, I, I, but. You don't hear anything from those guys. And somebody, now granted, Nebraska as a state has done a remarkable job during the course of this pandemic, much like South Dakota and other states of our uh, similar size and culture uh, throughout this pandemic to to seemingly have things pretty well under control. You have one of the most renowned medical facilities in the entire world, 60 miles from campus. I'm sure that Nebraska has been in constant contact with the uh, University of Nebraska Medical Center, so they've got a pretty good idea. I don't think Nebraska went up out this, you know, just haphazardly. No. I'm sure they've been extremely well informed. They've got a great plan in place. Nebraska's always been at the forefront of organization. It's the butch hug effect, for God's sake. But you, the, the, the coach who went out there and said, this is important to us, all of us as a state, as a community, as fans throughout the country, Scott did that. Everybody else is easy. They're sitting in the corner waiting. P.J. Fleck, you heard anything from him at all? No. You know, and that's not to be critical. They, they just, it's Nebraska who <laughs> went, into the, went into the boardroom with the wheelbarrow and you know, put the six-shooter on the table and said, this is who we are. We're important to college football. And the Big Ten is fortunate to have Nebraska in it. Nebraska's not going to go anywhere. That's all going to change here in a couple of years, which is a topic maybe for later on in this discussion. But Nebraska is the one who is saying, look, we've done it right here, and we can do it right here. So okay. let's, let us play here. Two things. One, uh, when it comes to, to Commissioner Warren, is he in a no-win, or is, he just, is this a preview of coming attractions to incompetency? Two, did, did the Big Ten pull a, a Fredo on Michael Corleone with, with Nebraska by not, by not having more of their back or not having – more of a, a discussion to delay versus uh, postpone. Do you think this? Do you think this? This is wrong. Do you think this is the the planting of the seed for? Do we really want to be in this league anymore? Not just Nebraska down the road, but other big dogs. I I, I wish that the Big Ten had de- uh, delayed their discussion. Yes. Or you know, and just and, and if if you're not going to play September, or whatever it is, fifth, or for, we'll mm-hmm. just say the first. Then let's play the last. Let's let's kind of delay it. 
and let's kind of get on page with the other conferences around the country. What are you guys going to do? Because going into this, it's always been the SEC and the Big Ten are the big two among the big five. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, and, and, and God bless, you know, Commissioner Warren and whatever his future is going to be and his tenure is going to look like in the Big Ten. I, don't, I certainly don't think he's going to be able to wield the power that Jim Delaney did for decades, uh, certainly not after the way he's handled this. But I, I, I kind of think of this, uh, relate this lovingly. Whenever I would do an Oklahoma State basketball game with Eddie Sutton, yeah, yeah, uh, and and I, I just enjoyed the assignment because as great a coach and person as Eddie Sutton was, and as as low on the ladder as I was, he always treated me well, mm-hmm. and he always had stories to tell. And you might ask him, well, coach, what are you going to do against you know uh, you know the Sooners and their and their other high powered offense or against Bill Self and and the Kansas team? And he and he would tell you wonderful stories for five, 10, 15 minutes about coach Iba and, you know, the fans and the building. Mm-hmm. And 15 minutes later, he didn't, he didn't come close to answering my question. He didn't have an answer for but, you. <laughs> but damn it. He told me a great story that was fun to listen to. And he talked for a long time and didn't say anything, but I thoroughly enjoyed that. Now I didn't enjoy listening to commissioner Warren say nothing to all of the questions that have been asked of him. I'm not sure uh, there's any, been any depth. You know, Coach Sutton would tell you a one-inch story that was, a, you know, uh, an inch wide and a mile deep, and Kevin Warren's talking, you know, with, with no depth at all. It's it just just talking a lot without saying nothing, and that's that I think is really unfortunate for the Big Ten. He would have been, he would have been better off to say nothing, you know, and just. but I think the Big Ten probably should have you know, delayed a little bit. It, it looks bad now, right? Mm-hmm. If Iowa State can play and Iowa can't, Pitt. you know, you've, you've probably yeah. seen the meme, the meme with Pitt, Pitt can play, Penn State can't, yeah. you know, and um, it, I think they just should have delayed it as long as they possibly could have done it. But, you know, we, we are where we are now. Bill, I, I saw a tweet from an angry Husker fan, and it said that Kevin Warren was the Sean Eichhorst of the Big Ten Conference. Would, would you say that's fair? Wow! Pretty soon to be throwing that out there. It, it is but, through, pretty soon to be. But out there. I mean, in, th- it, this was know, this was your uh, this was your moment on Tuesday. It, it, yeah, yeah. You know, there there's the, the the suit needs to get filled out some more. I'm not going to say that the tenure is 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 doomed. Um, I think we could probably could have said that early on in the Icors administration. I'm not going to say that about Commissioner Warren. He still is the head of a very powerful conference that brings in a lot of money. Um, they're not going to flounder, but uh, you know th- this was not rising to the moment and uh, taking charge uh, when he when he probably could have and, and and putting things off maybe would have been better. Certainly not releasing the schedule. None of that should not not have been done. But you know uh, they are where they are. And Nebraska, hey, Nebraska is not going to go anywhere with with the Big Ten. Um, and the reason I say that is because nobody is talking about this except for me. All right. 2023 will likely be an incredibly pivotal year for college football. Nobody's talking about it, but that's when TV contracts are going to start to come up again. And I, and you may see some shifting and, and we can go back 15 years to an average Joe sports show interview with a very prominent college football reporter from CBS. One, when, uh, the host of the average Joe sports show said, there's going to come a day when there's going to be a 64 team, um, college football organization and i was well the host was dismissed 
But I'm telling you, 2023, 2024, you're going you're gonna to see maybe a seismic of a shift in college football because of television, as you saw probably in 2010 when Nebraska was looking at the Big 12 saying, there's no stability here. We need something. And, and they found that home in the Big Ten. And the Big Ten, you know, needed something, needed Nebraska with the Big Ten network and how national the brand, Nebraska brand is and how important that is to the Big Ten network. So where all that money is generated, Nebraska certainly has a hand in generating that money because, because of the brand. Bill, uh, a thought with... But I'm telling you, 2023, 2024, uh, right now, if they're going to take a pause in college football, what have you heard from Mark Emmert? Over the past couple of months, just nothing we're not but cancellations. Any, we're not going to have any championships. Yeah, we're not going to play Division Two. They're, they're going to they're going to move this. out of the they're going to move out of the shadow of the NCAA and the SEC right. people who want to play football and have a say are going to move to a conference and they're going to call the shots. And those who want to come with the Texases and the Oklahomas and the Notre Dames and the Clemsons and hopefully the Nebraskas and Michigan, everyone that, that wants to move into a football first and basketball. And baseball. Uh, no, 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 no. It, it, basketball doesn't matter. Baseball doesn't matter. It's you're, what, what we had in the 1980s with the College Football Association, which eventually was dissolved. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, these people are going back into the file cabinet and they're dusting off those files and they're looking back at it again, saying, "What do we need to do? We're going to take some of these NCAA rules, you know, and we're going to apply them." But this is going to be. The uh, the CFFL yeah. or the CFL, yeah. the College Football League, or something. That this is going to happen, and I would imagine that those power brokers, especially with the NIL stuff that's coming yeah. down, all of this stuff is. I, I think in the next couple of years they're going to take a look at this and go, okay, sixty-four teams are in this this organization, and this is how it's going to be run, and that stuff is being put together right now. Well, 2023. That's why Nebraska's not going anywhere. Well, tipping because point. Because everybody's going to wait to see 23 and 24 as to how things shake out. Well, if, if it's a choice between to stay in, in the old Big Ten under Warren, if he's still around, or move to a football-centric league, you're going to try and make that move. And, and I would think Nebraska would still be on the, uh, the invite list. Billy D., what's, uh, what's the weekend plan for you? i got about 30 seconds. What do you got going? Brother, one day runs into the next. So <laughs> I, it, the only time I know that it's Friday is when you call at 4 o'clock Mountain Time. Right. Other than that, uh, one day runs into the next. And all I can say is this, now more than ever, boy, do we need biathlon. We do. Give me some biathlon. Follow Bill on Twitter <laughs> at Bill Dolman. <laughs> and uh, you can check him out uh, with us here on Hale Varsity. And excited to chat with him, the uh, pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. Billy D., you take care, man. It was fun to talk. Thanks for your insight. Yep, going to put the wheelbarrow away. Talk to you later. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's uh, Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Get the full interview of Bill Dolman and his verbal painting of Scott Frost walking into a boardroom with a wheelbarrow. Quite funny. Uh, This from the SEC. Coaches are PO'd at one another. At least five SEC coaches expressing frustration at the lack of transparency regarding the formula when it came to adding their plus two conference games 
Some people got hosed with the crossover. Some did not. Uh, let's dive into what happens next in college football. Tremendous lawyer, an attorney, a longtime uh, Nebraskan. Uh, can follow him at Vince Powers on Twitter. And Vince Powers Law is where you log on. Vince Powers with us to talk some some legal items in the world of sports. Vince, thanks for taking a few minutes on. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I always appreciate it. you got such a great show. It's always a honor to be invited well i mean you're uh you're been on a number of times and you're you make it better vince so i want your your you're a football fan man so how, i'm going to start here how how uh, how are you coping with the the football news this week uh, you know it's just it's just depressing there's no other <laughs> word for it i there's no silver lining there's nothing you know vince is, is this nothing. is this about what do you, what's your read on this, man? Is this about health and safety, or is this just about liability? Well, I, I, I don't know why they did it, but it's not about liability. And, okay. and I think what happens, Chris, is because the legal system is a mystery to most people, and as well it should be, most people don't want to have to deal with the legal system, there's a lot of misconceptions. And let's say you want to make a tough, you want to make a tough decision. The easiest thing in the world to do is blame lawyers, blame legal system. And so I've seen this going on about well, they want to, they're worried about their legal liability, and it's just not, it's just not there. Uh, think about what they're really saying, which is we are going to allow students on campus, and the at, the athletes. We're not going to let them play football because of the liability that could come if they were infected. And, of course, under the law, you got to prove it. Mm-hmm. You can't just say it or, or, or put it out in, in some press release. And it's next to impossible to prove where a person got infected. For example, if you have all these students living in a dorm, going to class, getting in that tiny elevator and old father, uh, going, you sharing common bathrooms in the fraternity house and sorority house and the student union to suggest that therefore somebody's out uh, and a couple football players or a couple volleyball players test positive. It was because they had participated in sports. You have to prove it. It's called causation. And how do you know that they didn't get it when their mom and dad came to visit them? So sure. it's just a cop out. I, 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 Everybody listening to this, everybody involved wants safety, and I, I think, I, I, and I think that Scott Frost and, and everyone involved in the athletic department, they would not have said we're ready to play if they felt it would endanger their players. And the great thing about their comments are they're not going to Doctor YouTube; they're going to the doctors at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. You can't get anybody better in the country, and and so it's. It's so easy to say, oh, you know, we're doing it for legal liability, but that's just simply hogwash. Vince Powers with us, Powers Law, talking uh, the the topic of liability here. And so I sent you, it was an article, and, and he's not the most favorite person in the state of Nebraska this week, Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated. And, and he talked to, uh, to uh, some folks around the college football world, 
And, uh, you know, the, the quote that sticks with me here is whatever conference decides to play football this fall, they'll be, take, they'll be taking a ridiculously high risk they may soon regret. And uh, I know that they have talked with some of the, the best plaintiffs lawyers in the country last week, and they're praying the SEC, the Big 12, or the ACC are greedy enough to stay the course. Vince, let's talk about uh, this. Yeah, but that's, the, just, that's the, just so wrong. I mean, okay. it, it, the, the plaint number one, players get hurt all the time. Mm-hmm. And I bet if they played football at Nebraska at the end of the season, there'd be more people who had shoulder surgeries, knee surgeries, concussions, than, than were infected. But again, you have to prove up somehow that there was negligence. And the, about the only case you can really remember where anybody got sued successfully was in Maryland, where, where that player was forced to run. He was under the complete control of a coach on the field, sure. and there was no question that, that uh, his death was directly caused by that workout. That's not the situation here. And, I, I, you know, they, they're just saying that to give themselves an out. I mean, this is a, a question. How would you prove that playing football got you the virus as opposed to, uh, you know, just going to your dorm? Sure. And, and, and a better example of it is I, there's some, been some horrible things that have happened, very tragic deaths in meatpacking plants. Mm-hmm. But under Nebraska workers' compensation law, it's going to be very difficult for that family to recover because you have to prove they got infected at that meatpacking plant, not at their home, not somewhere else. It's, a, it's the easiest thing in the world is to say, oh, it's a lawsuit, but it's it's, they're just very difficult to win, and I don't doubt that a sports writer wants to say that and talk to leading players. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. and what are your damages? If somebody gets the virus, unless it's something tragic with the heart, uh, you know, it's two weeks. No, no jury's going to award and say, oh, geez, this, this fella got the, the virus, and so for two weeks he was quarantined or was asymptomatic. And, and I'm not in any way downplaying the risks that come from the virus, I'm just saying the idea that the legal system is in the way is simply not accurate. And look at the University of Nebraska. They were willing to play football. The legal counsel for the University of Nebraska, they're very good. They're out there in Varner Hall, and they're very good lawyers, and they are assisted by very good lawyers on outside counsel. And if there was a hint of harm, uh, you would not have seen the coach of the football team saying, we're ready to play. And so I, 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 you know, I think I made my point. You did. No, and I appreciate, I appreciate your take on this because, Vince, that's the narrative, bud, and, and you're dispelling that narrative where, well, it's a liability issue and, and you're making it abundantly clear, and I, that's why I wanted you on, that, listen, that's, that's, that's not it. <laughs> so I, so it is, it is a health and safety, and it's, it's so different, isn't it? It's different in Nebraska, and it's different in Iowa, and it's way different, of course, in Florida, and it's different in California. And, you know, it's just interesting that there are some states willing to push forward and kick off as we talk now, maybe not in two weeks. Yeah. And, and now, I mean, look at Iowa and Iowa State, for God's sake. 
<laughs> they're not that far apart, but someone yeah, and, and someone may be starting. Yeah, and the law the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, the I same know. liability law in Ames is the same as it is in <laughs> Iowa City if that were a real issue. But, again, it just goes back to the to the fact that the easiest people to blame are lawyers and a system that you're not that familiar with. I, I don't know why they're not playing. I, I, my suspicion is if you're an athletic, if you're a university president, I'm a university president, the easiest call is to cancel it. Mm-hmm. And that way you don't have to worry about if something happens. But, uh, you know, they're playing high school football and they don't have any of that in any, any of the protections that are in. And if you think about it, if you were a freshman football player at the University of Nebraska, the peer pressure on you to not go to that house party would be enormous. How would you like to be the guy that got the four seniors to have to miss their three final games? Right. You'd be transferring. You know, and, 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 and now what peer pressure is there? No. Well, uh, I mean, I don't, it's, it's commitment to, to be able to play in the spring. And, Vince, yeah. I don't know that we'll get a spring, brother. I don't have any faith in that either. No, it's 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 just not a good situation. I wish, and we all we all want it to go away. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the best decision is. But what I guess, Chris, what and and you know, you've had so many great guests on. The thing is, why hasn't anybody come out and said, "Here's the medical evidence upon which we relied." Well, I mean, what we lawyers say all the time is. Upon what facts do you base your opinion? So in this case, upon what facts do you base your opinion that playing athletics raises the risk, is too great a risk, when you have 30,000 students on your campus already? Donardo nailed it. He said, look, it's the same information. It's just being interpreted differently. Period. Yeah. And, and you've got medical items uh, from the Pac-12. They had their release. You've got this heart ailment that... that there are concerns about due to COVID, right? Where, where, and you got the Indiana sure. essay by the mother about her, her baby boy that was in incredible health and shape. And he's one case. Now, I don't know if it's all COVID or if there were some other underlying conditions. I don't know. I just know that, that I think the heart issue came on the radar over last weekend for the Big Ten and that probably freaked him out. But, yeah, you, you've got a ton of medical folks and brilliant people, the, the same folks that are saying and telling Nebraska it's all good, and Nebraska's done a great job of getting ready when it comes to health and safety for their kids and all fall sports. Nebraska's got people on the board helping advise the Big Ten, so who else is the Big Ten listening to? Apparently they're listening to the, the Michigan president, who's also an immunologist, too. I mean, so you've got different takes on things. Right, and 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 – You'd like to think that the uh, football fans of the Big Ten could at least get the reasoning why. Yeah, give and me I a guess why. I just fall. I, 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 I actually, I don't. I mean, I, I think university. I, my whole take on the pandemic is I didn't take organic chemistry in college, so I listened to the people who did. <laughs> and so they wouldn't let me in the room, Vince. <laughs> I, I know, and I saw the book. I saw my daughter's book. That's scary. So. What what you have to do, and, and I can't imagine that anybody affiliated with the University of Nebraska would have said, would have, you know, here, here's how there could be liability. Let me just get back to why I'm here. Vince, I, Vince I've, I've got Vince, I've got 30 seconds before I got to hit a break. Right. Can I well, can I can I keep you 
for two minutes with the liability thought? Absolutely. Hang on the line Absolutely. for me. Hang on the line for me. All right. More from Vince Powers, Powers Law. We're getting kind of a breakdown and a painting that, that has existed. They're not going to play ball because they're afraid of getting sued. I wanted a lawyer and a great lawyer to tell me what he thought of that. And the, is that valid? And it's a, it's a health and safety, but we're back onto the, hey, there's five different answers to the same question. It depends who you're asking. Um, one more thought from Vince Powers on liability. Tail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! One and two Friday, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We continue on with Vince Powers, attorney, Powers Law, and at Vince Powers on Twitter is where you follow him. Vince, thanks for hanging on the other side with us. You were going to comment one more one more. Uh, point on on the liability issue with COVID and college football. The floor is yours. Sure, sure. Uh, thank you. One way there'd be liability would be let's say that your medical experts at UNMC have sent emails or sent a memo to the athletic department and said playing athletics will increase the chances of getting infected by twenty five percent, and those emails are destroyed, and you go ahead and play. And we all know that's not what's happening. Right. But for there to be some kind of liability, there has to be some kind of wrongdoing. And, or the other way would be there are no students on campus. There's one athletic dorm where the volleyball and the cross country and the football players are all locked in. They never go anywhere. And then they, they play in their sports and they're, they're being infected. So you could actually show and trace back to that dorm. But otherwise, if you have 30,000 people on campus, there's absolutely you, – you have to have – you're never going to be able to show where you got infected from. And I would think the common bathrooms in the student union or the frat house or the dorm or the sorority are much more likely of a, of a hot spot than this highly regulated athletic department. And uh, so I, I just see the liabilities as an easy way for these folks to justify a decision rather than just come out here and say, here's the medical evidence, and we're all reasonable people. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody wants anybody to be harmed by anything, and it's just unfortunate that we're going to have this uh, really difficult fall without knowing why. Mm. So, Vince, it seemed like two weeks ago liability waivers were the big hot word in college football. The NCAA wanted them, the institutions wanted them, but players didn't want to sign them. Do you really think that was the final nail in the coffin, these liability waivers, or is that just not the issue here? That's just not the issue. And, and liability waivers, by the way, they're not really that enforceable. Okay. I mean, there has to be, for, for there to be liability, there has to be negligence. There has to be some wrongdoing, some, something where they're not doing something. Uh, and I go back to the Maryland football player who died. I bet he'd sign some kind of waiver. But he got a coach on the field making him run, as I recall, in, the, in that very hot weather, and he, he was very heavy, and he died. I mean, that, that's negligence, and everyone can see that was the cause. So first, you've got to have your negligence. Second, you have to be able to say, as a result of the negligence, uh, this, this student was infected. And then, then you have to have causation. And, you know, when people are writing in Sports Illustrated, it's very easy to say, oh, gosh, people are going to get infected. But in a courtroom, you have to have evidence. You have to have proof. And you have the burden of persuasion as a plaintiff's lawyer. 
and it's a it's a burden, and you have to come forward, and you have to be able to say, this is how the person got it. It's more likely than not that it came because he played uh, football at, at somewhere, and or played volleyball. That's that's a tough one, and so I, I just two weeks ago. Right. I, I, I don't know what they were really thinking, and I, I understand that about waivers, but, you know, waivers have to be fully informed, assumption of the risk, all those things. And, and, and it just still goes back to you got to prove how the person contracted it. And if you ordered, if it's safe enough to go to campus, then it's safe enough to play football unless you can tell us how that risk of being in that competition, uh, you know, and then maybe their studies, there was one in Oregon that I read where the, the doctors there just said, well, you need social distancing and the linemen need to wear masks. I've got a feeling they would be happy to wear masks. we got guys working eight, men and women working eight hours a day in meatpacking plants wearing masks and wearing face shields. Far more difficult uh, than, than, than if you had to wear a mask as a lineman. It's- so. That's my take. No, I appreciate it. Vince, we will let you get to your Friday evening. It was awesome to, to spend a couple of segments with you, and thanks for your clarity on this. Thanks for your time, as always. Thank you, sir. Take Bye-bye. care. Thank there you, guys. Uh-huh. Vince Powers with us, at Vince Powers on Twitter, Powers Law. Uh, Vince been a friend of the show for a lot of years. Just kind of crushed it there. Because, I mean, another – I mean, and I sent him. I said, hey, here's what Pat Forty's saying. I want your take on it because that's been the easy – crutch and i mean rewind an hour and 15 minutes we talked about the liability being the real reason i i thought that was it now you've got this heart ailment that they can trace to foot they can trace to covid but is football going to cause that to go from bad to death we don't know but (laughs) vince kind of just packed up old pat 40 and tossed him to the side tossed him to the side (laughs) He's preaching though, but no, he just he's Vince has Vince has been uh, practicing and at the the top of the the law game for decades. So we want we want a lawyer that knows what he's talking about. Vince is who we talk to. He's been on the show a lot. He's been great. He's been uh, very kind to us. So thanks to Vince Powers. So we 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 got a little bit of time to get into this anonymous. Coaches' takes on the Big Ten and, and Athlon always puts this out, and I love it this time of year. I wish, I wish we had a season to. Yeah, it hurts to, a little bit reading this year. You're reading, well, and you go. Yeah. We, we don't even get to watch this. Well, here's what we'll do. Well, we can spend some more time on it tomorrow with Cranach. Ooh, that'll be fun. The anonymous part. But what's funny is because okay, when I think of what first and foremost, what are people going to say, or what are coaches saying about Nebraska? First of all. We'll get there in a second. But I, I think the most polarizing coach in the conference, it used to be Harbaugh. I know where you're going with this. Harbaugh's kind of just chilled out, and it's no more Harbaugh takes Rome. It's no more you know, shirtless wrestling in the backyard with a recruit. It's, it's Harbaugh's just, he's just trying to, to win games. And he thinks, the, the anonymous coach interviewed here says, look, Michigan's done a hell of a job. Their defense is fast and physical and big, and their their bar is Ohio State, and it's not fair, even though it's the rivalry game. It's always going to be Ohio State. There's no escaping it. They embrace that. But 
they're they're really they're really a good football team again. They're really a good football program again after really some some horrible mishires post Lloyd Carr. All right. So that was the take on Harbaugh. But the guy that's the most polarizing in the league is the guy who's been the most silent this week is PJ Fleck. And I th- I I think he's kind of slimy. A year ago, we're sitting down face-to-face doing an interview, and I enjoyed that because he was very open about not just how good the East is, but just the, the depth of talent in the West, and he called Illinois. He called Nebraska. He called Purdue. So he's he's talking very highly about his peers, and I, and I think he's pretty sincere. And I think the guy can coach. I think he can coach, and I think he can recruit, and I think he can develop because he's had to come up that way as a position coach at Rutgers, in the MAC at, at Western Michigan. And he's, and he's taken bad programs and made them good in pretty quick turnaround. But he is just a guy who loves, as T.O. said, he loves me some me. So that wears on a lot of coaches around the league. What do they think of Frost? What do they think of Nebraska? We'll tell you coming up on Hail Varsity. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. So the anonymous coach in the uh, Athlon interview, coaches say this about Nebraska. We were going to spend like 20 minutes on this thing, and we just got busy. Bill Dolman, fantastic. Vince Powers, incredible. Derek Peterson, uh, great stuff from him. Get the podcast. It'll be up here a little bit later from Elijah. He'll get that posted up on the Hale Varsity. Also, the uh, on-demand, a week's worth of really good talks about uh, the week that's been with Nebraska, the Big Ten, Scott Frost, Commissioner Warren, and just uh, some thoughts, man. It's been uh, it's been a hell of a week, and uh, let's uh, power through it, and we'll get to football at some point, right? So check that out, ESPNLincoln.com, or uh, follow ESPN Lincoln on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln or at Hale Varsity. So the the word on Nebraska is this, Elijah, that Scott Frost. Uh, did a pretty good job last year with the team. And this program is a heck of a lot harder to fix than anybody in the media realizes. It's a hard program to fix. The hype didn't help. The injury set the tone the wrong direction with Adrian. And he needs to be back to that 2018 form. We've, we've all agreed on that. But uh, to be honest, the truth is this. Coach Frost never said it'd be a quick fix. He's always said we're going to build the right way. And nobody knows what this staff walked into at Nebraska except, except the staff. It's worse than we all knew. So here's the here's the, I mean, a lot of Husker fans wouldn't feel that way too. Right, but here's what here's the real question. 
I mean, how far back did I coerced and Riley, the, the Riley hire? We can all say Riley's a good dude. He's like grandpa giving you a Worthers, right? But from a hands-off managerial style, and then the Diaco effect. I mean, how bad did you get, how bad was the program set back? Not just from a strength and conditioning standpoint, but from a, from a talent evaluation standpoint. I mean, the, you know, there, there's some, some tough questions to ask and answer. I mean, you got to re- there's, there's some talent down there, but it's not like you're walking into what you had at Central Florida, talent-wise. So that is, and again, that, that's not a cop-out. That's not an excuse. That's not blame gaming. It's true. Absolutely true. I mean, these guys just don't know how to win. They don't. They're working on it. Worse than we all knew. That just echoes, echoes in my mind. But the, the statements from the coaches make it seem like they're expecting Scott Frost to get Nebraska back. Sure. Well, I think they think that he's good enough coach to do that. Which, it, that's, a, that's encouraging to me. Based well, I, on all I, the discouraging news this week and even how discouraging this past season was and what their statements say. I don't, I don't have any doubt that Nebraska is going to be winning football games again. We just want to be able to see it. All right, we'll be back at you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. weekend edition. Have a good uh, Friday night. See you.